You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Erin Carey. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, I'm sitting down with the wonderful Dr. Sandy Gluckman. She has been on the show I think twice before it's, but it's been years. So I'm going to reintroduce you to her and read her bio. She specializes in healing children's learning behavior and mood challenges, preferably without medication where possible. She describes her personal and professional get quest as saving the next generation from being overdiagnosed, overmedicated and misunderstood. Dr. Sandy, as she is known, is an author, educator, and international speaker who has coached thousands of parents and teachers in different parts of the world on how to heal learning, behavior, and mood challenges and raise confident, emotionally resilient children. We all want those. (laughs) Her work is based on the neuroscientific principle that when parents heal, the children heal. Her primary goal is to show parents how to use a healthy parent-child relationship to heal children's learning and mental health problems. She bases her approach on her unique blend of functional medicine, neuroscience, and psychology. Her Parenting That Heals program is attended by parents from all parts of the world. She also offers online video coaching programs that, for people who can, cannot consult with her. She is the author of Parents Take Charge, Healing, Learning Behavior, and Mood Challenges Without Medication, and Who's in the Driver's Seat Using Spirit to Lead Successfully. Dr. Sandy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Erin. I always love talking to you. Yes, it has been way too long since I've had you on. I've, I've had you in the back of my mind. Like, I need to get her back on the show. It's been too long. But I think you were maybe one of my first guests when I started the podcast four years ago, right? Yes, that's yeah. true. So I, I just am so glad. I think the people that are listening now might not have heard those episodes. So I'm really glad for them to be able to be introduced to what you do. So Let's just start off with your phrasing, when a parent heals, the child heals. What does that mean to you? It's such an important aspect of my work because I think what has happened traditionally over the years is that, excuse me, what has happened traditionally over the years is that parents did not really get educated by um, practitioners into the fact that if there's some kind of a symptom going on inside of the child, as in a learning or a behavior or a mood problem, it will actually mean that is there is something also going on in the parent. So what happened over the years is if the child had developed these kind of problems, it was seen as the child's problem. So what do we do? We go to see doctors for the physical complaints. We go to see psychologists for the therapy sessions and all kinds of, of, of other um, ways of healing the child. But nobody's saying, excuse me, excuse me, mom and dad. There's something going on inside of you as well. And your child is catching it. It is contagious. So, you know, for many years, I would see children from four years old through to actually early 20s. And I began to see this pattern of the kids would come to me or the teenagers. We would have really good sessions. They would get in the car. They would go home. The next week, they would come back. And it's like 
the session never happened. It got undone when they get went back home again. Mom and dad undid all the work that we did in our sessions, obviously unintentionally and unconsciously. And so because this was a pattern, I sat back and I thought, well, what's going on? And I realized it hit me that the actual healing has to take place between the parent and the child. Because when they go home, the parents have not changed. Nothing has changed about what the parent is thinking or doing, how the parent is speaking or engaging with the child. And <clears throat> putting the child in a car to go to the therapist makes zero sense. And at that point in time, I literally overnight stopped seeing the children. Obviously, I saw the ones that I was still working with, but I was not taking any more new patients in, as in children. And I started a... Um, program called Parenting That Heals. So um, it's a very important concept. Now, what's so fascinating, Erin, is that when a parent heals, the child heals, well, why? Why does it happen that kind of way? When we as a parent have got a healthy, strong spirit, we're feeling good about ourselves, we are optimistic about life. When we have got a healthy brain, which of course goes together with having a healthy spirit. And when we've got a healthy body, then what's going to happen is that's exactly what's going to be with the child. The child is picking up the energetic vibrations of health from the parent, not the energetic vibrations of stress and worry and anxiety and frustration and overwhelm. They're very different kind of energies. Yeah. And so if you look into what's going on in the world right now, we have got a parent population, totally understandably, who are stressed beyond and at the same time maybe even traumatized because of what's been going on in the past few years. Mm. So when the parent heals, the child will heal. The spirit, body, and brain will come into balance. And when the parent is hurting, the child will hurt. It is impossible for a child to have a symptom of any kind whatsoever unless the parent is in a state of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important topic and it's so tricky <laughs> because we, you know, and I know you aren't a parent shamer. You're not wanting to shame anybody for their parenting strategies, but people get defensive when they hear things like that, right? Like, wait, but you're saying it's my fault that my kid is oppositional defiant or whatever it is. So, so what do you say to that when a parent hears that and goes, well, wait a minute, what? what? <laughs> yes, I, I called you because I wanted you to fix my child. I didn't call you about me. There's nothing wrong with me. <clears throat> so, you know, Erin, um, here's what I tell the parents. I tell them that you did the very best you knew how up until this point in time. You did not intentionally hurt your child. You were giving them everything you were capable of giving them, and yet it's not working for your children. And you know what's so interesting, Erin, um, when I actually explain that to them, that there is nothing to do with guilt or shame or blame. Please do not turn it on yourself. Please remember that you were doing the very best that you knew how at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And when I put it to them that way, 
I think that nine out of 10 parents say to me, I knew it. Inside of me, I really knew it was something that was happening with me mm -hmm. or with dad or between us. Mm -hmm. And so mostly they don't get offended. I will get the one odd defensive person. Mm -hmm. And then they're not part of our tribe. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. Or they're not ready to heal, unfortunately. And unfortunately, the poor kiddos are going to be the beneficiary of that not readiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it takes a lot of self-awareness. It also takes self-compassion to go, okay, I've got to change some things. And I've got to figure out how to be kind to myself in that process. Yes, yes. And as you said, I'm I'm not a parent shamer. Never. I, I'm a parent and grandparent myself. <clears throat> I, I simply look back at my own parenting style years ago. My kids are adults now. And I, I shudder when I think about, you know, what I have learned over the years with neuroscience and with functional medicine, mm -hmm. which I didn't know then. But I did the best I knew how, and I know all these wonderful parents are doing the same. At the same time, if your child has got a behavior, a mood, or a learning issue, please know that it is not only the child who has the problem. Yeah, I think that that's, that's really helpful. And I even think about, I mean, I'm a different parent in my, well, now I'm in my 40s, but from my 20s, when I first became a parent, to my thirties, I, I have a 10 and a 12 year age difference between my first, my second, and my third. And that makes a difference in even my maturity and my brain development, right? I mean, I had my daughter when my prefrontal cortex wasn't even developed yet. So that, and, and that's, that's the case for all of us. We, the different seasons that we have our children kind of demonstrates our different capacity to be able to understand these concepts, right? That makes so much sense. We, you know, hopefully we are all people who are constantly learning as parents, uh, becoming more educated, more knowledgeable about things. Surely it makes sense that three years, five years later, when your case more than that, <laughs> you're, you're a different person. And um, for me, I think that currently with everything that has happened, and I'm not blaming the pandemic on everything, by the way. I, I do want to go back. I, I tend to jump a little. I've got a, a very big right brain. So I, I just want to go back to saying I'm not blaming the pandemic on everything that's happened. We have a we have a pandemic of mental health issues right now in our kiddos of all ages. And certainly part of it is due to what happened during the pandemic. However, the truth is that parents before the pandemic were stressed. Yep. Life is stressful. Rushing with the kids to the school, the wrong school, it's the wrong teacher, this, that, and the other thing. Lots of stressful things as a parent. So many parents who have a vulnerability to become stressed were stressed before the pandemic then put the pandemic on top of an already stressed mommy and daddy, and we have trauma. So it started, this when I say it, the stress for most of, of, of the parent population started well before the um, what we went through. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, I mean, I think there's already so much in our modern lifestyle that causes people to be more stressed than ever before, even without the pandemic. And speaking of that, I think this is a really great time to talk about the sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by KiwiCo. On the topic of stress, I know one thing that can be stressful for parents this year is what am I going to get my kids for the holidays? Well, I think now I'm a former educator here and I love learning. I'm a super nerd, but I really love the idea of giving a gift that inspires a child to learn more about a topic they love. And with KiwiCo, you can unwrap super fun science, technology, and art projects with for kids of all ages. From nine different subscription lines for different ages and categories, there's something for every kid. When you give KiwiCo, you're gifting so much more than a small box of toys. You're giving the gift of discovery through hands-on experiences and giving kids the tools to learn more about topics that they love, from dinosaurs to rocket ships. Now, in the past, I have given my kids gifts like a year membership to a museum or things like that. And I love the idea of gifting a child a gift like a KiwiCo crate that keeps on giving every month. It's something to look forward to. My kids love KiwiCo. It was so special for them to receive something that was just tailored individually to their developmental stage. My six-year-old got a mechanical sweeper that was perfectly designed for his age range and ability. And then my nine-year-old got something a little bit more advanced. He got a domino machine that involved putting a battery together and and he felt really accomplished to the point where he brought it to school and his teacher showed it off to some of the other teachers because she was so proud of him. One of the other things that I loved about it because we are talking about stress today, it was such a great experience for me to interact with my kids while they were putting it together. We all enjoyed that quality time. And I think that's something that a lot of families are lacking right now is just that togetherness working on a project instead of just, I don't know, sitting in front of a screen, right? So tis the season for serious fun. KiwiCo delivers seriously fun, hands-on projects that inspire a lifelong love for learning. KiwiCo projects spark creative confidence for ongoing tinkering and experimentation. Sure, you can buy your kid a robot, but isn't it way more fun to build one together? KiwiCo crates are fun and stress-free, so you can enjoy quality time with your kids, tackling projects together. That was my favorite part about the whole experience. These projects are tested and approved by kids. No crate from KiwiCo leaves without approval from the toughest critics, kids. Unwrap more than a gift. Discover hands-on fun with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com spark. That's your first month free at kiwico.com spark. Now back to Dr. Sandy and how our stress is impacting our kids. Now, you mentioned something about certain parents having more of a vulnerability to being stressed. Can you expand on that? Do some people have different tolerances for stress? Absolutely. Uh, uh, That's so true. I love that you asked that question, Erin. Thank you. So yes, some of us have different tolerances for stress, and that could be a three-hour story, but let's just put a bottom <laughs> line to it, and that is that due to um, our own early experiences in childhood, the kind of parenting we had, um, there might have been some traumatic events in our life, or maybe not. Trauma is a very big word for even just having a mommy or a daddy 
who don't allow you to be who you are. That's a trauma. So I'm saying that um, depending on our history that we bring with us into our parenting role, we will arrive with a regulated nervous system or a dysregulated nervous system. So we are now mommy and a daddy and wow, we've got a baby and we go home. And if that parent has a dysregulated nervous system, they will be much more inclined to be um, affected by stress in their world. The whole issue of the nervous system being regulated or dysregulated is a huge, huge issue in my work. Again, what's so fascinating is that I've discovered over the years that the child's nervous system, the state of the child's nervous system is a carbon copy of the state of the parent's nervous system, a mirror image. So if you have a mom who is anxious or a dad who is anxious and therefore, of course, has a dysregulated nervous system, the child's going to do the same. And, of course, we can give lots and lots of examples. But what I'm basically saying is, please, folks, moms and dads, get to know your nervous system. Mm. The biggest gift you can give your child, the hugest gift to allow your child to become everything that they are capable of being is by you as a parent showing up from a regulated nervous system. I totally agree. Yeah, that's huge. And that is something that has been so powerful in my own journey as a parent and really learning from you, the more you have shared this over the years and the more I went on my own <laughs> regulation journey, I'll say, um, but it's, it, it makes such an impact. And once you see it, you can't unsee it either. Once you see, okay. I mean, like if anybody's listening to this right now, you're forever going to see things in a different way because you have learned this information truly and you what is the um this also brings back to the science of interpersonal neurobiology as well right yes yes um that's the work of dr daniel siegel which has informed my work considerably and he's he is famous for his discovery of as a neuroscientist as um, the discovery of interpersonal neurobiology simply put it says whatever is happening inside of the parent is happening inside of the child, interpersonal neurobiology. So as a mom or a dad who is having negative thoughts, worst case scenario thoughts, is anxious, is frustrated, is overwhelmed, whatever it may be, that is going to be picked up by the child's neurobiology and the child's brain and body will become once again affected by what's going on in the parent's brain and body. So interpersonal neurobiology says what's going on in mommy is going on in the child, what's going on in daddy is going on in the child. Therefore, I go back to our very first few words, and that is what's the point of sending the child out to therapy. I am not in favor of therapy for children, and I'm not going to be the most popular person among therapists. I'm not knocking therapists for many, many years. I was a clinical psychology until I, a psychologist until I abandoned it because it's got left behind with the discoveries of neuroscience. The traditional clinical psychology is 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 can be even non-productive, to put mm -hmm. it mildly. So 
what's the point of sending a child to therapy where the therapist is well-intended and could be actually fabulous therapist, but what's the goal of the therapist? The goal is to change the child's behavior, mm. you know, with all the defiance that's going on, the depression, the withdrawal, or whatever it may be. Um, psychologist wants to change the child's behavior, teach them tools for behaving differently, talk to them about their behavior. Now, if that's the goal, what the psychologist is missing is, unless they have studied neuroscience, of course, then they won't miss it. But if they haven't studied neuroscience and they're simply trying to change the child's behavior, what they don't get is you cannot change their child's behavior from the outside in. Mm. You cannot talk the child out of that behavior. You cannot talk any child out of depression or out of anxiety. Right. Where does the change have to occur? We have to learn how to heal these children on the inside of their beings. They're hurting on the inside of their beings. Their bodies are hurting. Their brains are hurting. Their spirit is hurting. And while that continues, the brain cannot function in a normal kind of way. So you are saying this for even for the kids who are having problems at school because they're acting out or they're distracted, or maybe they've been given a label, which we have so many of them right now. Even yes. these, these are the kids that you're saying it truly is an issue of supporting them from the inside out, not therapy, not medication, not the label. So what would that look like? Yes, a good question. So yes, yes. So I just I do want to be uh, fair to all the counselors out there who do good work and all the psychologists who are doing their, their best work. Um, at the same time, it's not fair to the child to constantly be talking about this behavior of yours. It's not okay. So let's talk about what happens. Why does it happen? What's going on? Why do you kick your brother? Whatever it may be. And while you are talking about the not wanted behavior, guess what happens in neuroscience terms? You're placing your attention and your energy on the dysfunctional behavior. You're shining a light on the behavior. You're using words over and over about why this behavior is not acceptable and how you can change the behavior. And two things happen. Firstly, the child believes, starts to believe who I am is not good enough. I, 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 the way I show up, it's not enough. Something wrong with me. But the second thing that happens is the child feels like, look, I can't even do what the therapist is asking me to do. Look at how not okay I am, how not enough I am. Would you say that that feeling of not being enough, that core is a core belief that is driving the behavior that is not the behavior that we want <laughs> very very much so Erin you know I mean I think you and I know because we know each other so we can be open about this we know how, what it feels like to walk around believing I'm not good enough <laughs> absolutely you know mm -hmm. I know it is a painful belief that sits in the neural pathway and it gets deeper and deeper. And every day the child is comparing themselves against someone else and it's just not enough. Or in their best love and intentions, parents are sending the message of, mm, no, not good enough. You're not getting it right. 
So yes, that belief is the trigger for so much inner stress. And that's what's hurting the spirit of the child on the inside. And I forgot to answer your question, which is, so how do we get inside there to heal the child? <laughs> well, this is what we do to get inside. So let me start off by saying, you've probably guessed by now that I'm very anti-attempts to heal children from the outside in. You can't heal anybody from the outside in, not with medication, not with tools, not with consequences, not with anything. Nothing is going to change until we change the chemistry that's flooding the body, the spirit, and the brain. So in order to get inside, that's what I do. I have a program which is called the 10-Session Parenting That Heals program. It's 10 consecutive weeks. It's live on Zoom, 75 minutes, um, and it is combined with instructional videos for the program. It's done in small groups of parents, all of whose children have got issues around behavior, mood, or learning challenges. And I teach these parents week after week through the instructional videos and then my live coaching on Zoom week after week for 10 weeks. I teach them how to literally heal the problem, not how to manage it. If you're, or you're getting tools from some kind of a parenting person who's teaching your child or you tools to handle the problem, it means the problem's still there. So I'm not interested in teaching parents how to manage a problem. I'm interested in teaching parents the skills to get inside and begin to rebuild the child's being on the inside, starting with what you said, I am so enough. That's a feeling that it must come from the chemistry, not from mommy saying, but look how smart you are, look how handsome you are, whatever it may be. That ma makes no change. We want, to, we want the child to get that sense of enoughness and wholeness, which is a chemical change. Mm. And where does that chemical change come from? It comes from the way in which parents engage with the children, communicate with the children, the language they use, the look on their face, the tone of the voice. And now if the parent is in a stressed mode, <laughs> what's it going to look like to the child? What's the child going to hear? What's going to see on the parent's face? It's going to see messages of a disappointment. Mommy and daddy are disappointed in me. I'm no good, etc. So I, I, that's what I do. I teach parents how do you get inside, heal your wondrous child on the inside of their being. And then what's so miraculous is week by week in the program, as they are putting this healing process, that's why it's 10 weeks. It takes 10 steps to heal. While they are putting the healing process into place, they will come back in session three and four and five and they will say, Dr. Sandy, it's a different child. I'm seeing a totally different child mm. emerging. Because why? I teach parents how to heal themselves first. I think that's incredible. And I think about even, you know, my very favorite thing that I like to say is a body in stress won't digest. <laughs> and we can't absorb and utilize nutrients when we're in a stressed out state. And the reason I bring that up is because I think about as a parent, how much more difficult it is for a child to absorb anything that we're saying or telling them if we are in a stressed out state, it's the same concept. It's not getting digested or absorbed. No, 
It's not. And, and worse than that, Erin, it's raising the cortisol level. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's causing the child to get more stressed. And so we got more cortisol pumping into the brain. And guess what? The brain becomes more and more inflamed. And as it becomes more inflamed, we've got now a child with brain inflammation due to stress overload. We're going to see the fight, flight, and freeze behaviors. Yep. Yeah. It, it is it is really fascinating. I mean, I, I can observe it in my own parenting. And I've I've seen this happening even with interactions. You know, you, you see how other parents talk to their kids or interact with their kids and so if it's stressful for me, I pick up on stress and we've talked about this before, just being the highly sensitive, <laughs> I pick up on stress and too much of everything too much, right? Just being very sensitive to other people's emotions. So when other people are stressfully engaging with their children, I'm like, like it, I feel it. It's like, I feel it for the kids. And so, yes, I'm hyper aware of it with my own kids, but I also sense it with other people. And it is a fascinating phenomenon. It is. And even though you are hyper aware of it, you're human. Hmm. So there are times when we will slip into the unhealthy parent, which I call the lower (laughs) self. Mm -hmm. I teach about the lower self and the higher self. Um, And if I say so myself, (laughs) this uh, program is, it's truly life changing when they understand how to shift out Mm. of that part in your being where you just coming across with stress into a part in your being where you find this incredible place of calm and serenity and joy and curiosity and health and everything good. When you have the skill of, as you said, first becoming very aware of me, I am in my stress mode now. I can only imagine what this is doing to my kids. And then having the tools to shift into Mm. another state in their being this is very powerful yeah you cannot talk yourself out of stress oh but I wish I could I wish I could say that again (laughs) and talk yourself out of stress and so many parents will say to me Dr. Sandy after I listened to your podcast I said to myself, I am not going to be stressed anymore I'm going to calm down I called my husband and I said we have to calm down you can't do you can't intellectually decide to be less stressed. You have to know how to pull that chemistry out of you and it lives in you. But no one's teaching that. So I do think that my program is one of a kind in the world. The results are phenomenal. Parents who are listening, who are interested, should go to the website, www.drsandygluckman.com. And specifically, of course, go to the program page the 10 session parenting that heals program, but I'd love you to go to a page which is called parents, parenting, parent stories. And this is um, from graduates of the program from all over the world. My program is attended by people from all over the world. And these graduates have actually put short stories of how it changed their lives onto audio. It's, it's mind blowing how they say it has changed their lives because it's not about talking heads it's about making a shift in the parent first and as that parent shifts inside here the child shifts inside of them Hmm. so yeah yeah. I mean I that's incredible that's incredible what you're saying 
is definitely shifting the conversation on how we usually do parenting. Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the, one of my graduates, my parents in one of the groups I'm running at the moment, it's not a graduate yet. Um, she said to me in the group the other day, she said, Dr. Sandy, you do know that you're throwing out of the window everything that we ever was told about parenting. Yes, I am. I am. Because it's absolutely overdue that we stop thinking about ourselves as I'm the parent, you're the child. That child came into your life to teach you something. And therefore, it's very important for you to understand you're going on a parallel journey. You are learning together. So it's important. It's been long overdue that the old way of parenting, not working, not with the kind of stress we're living with today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you mentioned that it is important for the parent to learn to shift their nervous system. Before we go, is there any quick, I say quick tip. I know it's not quick, but anything that like a number one thing that parents could do to start making that shift. Yes. And probably parents are not going to love the way I answer this because they want the tool. Give me a tool. So it starts before the tool. <clears throat> so I made a quick note because I thought you might ask me this. So I'm looking at my notes because I want to use time effectively. First of all, I would say to the, the wonderful parents out there who who are really desperate to help their children to become everything that they know they are capable of being. So first of all, I need I want parents to understand and realize that um, if you have high levels of stress inside of you, and I don't get any comfort saying this, but I have to, I'm a scientist. If you have any stress levels inside of you and you're aware that your stress levels are high, please know that you are unintentionally triggering your child's learning behavior and mood problems. So number one, understand that. Don't become defensive about it. Realize it and own it. Number two, be brutally aware with yourself that this stress level is now no longer viable because you are going into fight or flight or freeze too often and you're triggering that in your children. So be very, very honest with yourself. Don't try to intellectualize, yes, but look at my life, look at the economy, look at this, that, and the other. It starts over here. Number three, <clears throat> deliberately and emotionally make some critically important decisions about how exactly are you going to reduce your stress levels? Don't talk about it. How, what is it going to do to your lifestyle? How will you change your lifestyle? What will you do differently? What will, take, what will you take off your list that is far too long in the first place? Um, how will you speak differently uh, on and on? Those, those um, intentions must be acted upon. And if you need assistance, and somebody like me can teach you how to do it, I would love to do that because it's all about learning. Where are those parents going to know how to do that? Most of the parents of today, and it includes mine, although that's pretty far behind, but um, they came from parents who didn't know how to love unconditionally, who didn't know how to be healthy parents. So where would they have got the tools from? So it's time to say, I need help. I need the tools. and. Um, I think I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, no, that's so helpful. And even just 
being aware of the stress and going, okay, what can I take off the schedule? That's something, I mean, even my husband and I, just a few hours ago, we sat down, we're like, okay, what, what is going on? That's making things so chaotic right now. Well, both of us made the decision to schedule. He's got an evening therapy group that he leads one night a week. And then I have an evening group one night a week. And so all of a sudden, just for our own personal time together, we're being cut short and it doesn't affect the kids time with us, but it affects our, and when we don't get that time together, well, as you said, <laughs> that's like, even that it, it, it creates disconnect within the whole family. Cause it starts with us connecting. So yeah. that's, I mean, for parents to hear that, just even your relationship with your significant other and husband, wife, whatever, I'm trying to like put it in a, in a generalized terms, um, that impacts the family dynamic completely. So that needs to be solid. So even just that can impact the stress load. Yes. Because remember, we are energetically vibrating beings. So we're sending out energy mm. all the time. Imagine what that energy is like in some of the homes of our homes. The children are just picking the stress mm. energy changing their biology, their neurology, their physiology, then they're acting out and then off they go to therapy. Mm -hmm. So it's, it starts with us and it's sometimes tough to do that. It is. And we, you know, know better, do better. And with what we've done, we did the best we could at the time that we, you know, the time, what, with what we knew and the time that we had and all of that, but now we know better. And so I appreciate you bringing this information and sharing so that we can do better. So I appreciate everything that you shared. I want to make sure people know how to get to your website. It is drsandygluckman.com and your social media is Dr. Sandy Gluckman as well. Yeah. Or at, at Dr. Sandy Gluckman or Sandy Gluckman. Okay. Um, I have a YouTube yes. <clears throat> channel, which is, uh, you know, I, I like to make my social media as well as the YouTube um very much more like an educational thing rather than so talk about what I had for coffee with my coffee this morning. So uh, there's some tips and there's really important cutting edge latest information that's coming out. Um, It's it's very useful. I have 280 videos on my YouTube uh, and my IG, my Instagram has got each, each one. I deliberately make sure they're walking away with something that will make a difference. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you again for being on. This has been so helpful, so informative. And I just, I appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you. Can I also just say that I have a book, easy to important one. It's been around for a while, but I still get letters and emails from people who just finished it saying it changed their lives. It's called Parents Take Charge. And it's about healing, learning behavior and mood disorders without medication awesome i will definitely link that say say the last part again you cut out i said whenever possible yes i'm not totally anti-medication but it's a last resort yes exactly i i feel the same way parents take charge and i will link that in the show notes yeah awesome okay thank you thank you so much this is so great good lovely to see you again The tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze. And I hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness. Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com 
or on Instagram at Sparking Wholeness. Have a fabulous week.